Welcome to another week of Night Shift Football. It's episode 77, and it's a week where we do have to ask the question, how much football is too much football? When is it enough football? When is enough enough? Yes, the uh, the UEFA Champions League starts this week, so it's time to dust off those Stan Sports subscriptions, take them down off the top shelf and give them a nice spit and shine. Bit of elbow grease, it'll be good to go. And then the football begins, and it doesn't stop. It just does not stop. The games come thick and fast, and they'll be playing Wednesdays, then on the weekends, then on Tuesday or Wednesday again, then on weekends, then on Tuesday or Wednesday again, and so on and so forth. You get the picture right up until the World Cup. Then we'll pack it all up for a month, put the padlocks on the gate and say, boys, go to Qatar. And what a beautiful country too. I couldn't think of a more fitting host for a World Cup. Can you? Can anyone? No, I didn't think so. It really will be a World Cup for the moralists. I mean, this is a country that's managed to build a bunch of stadiums fit for an international sporting event dead smack in the middle of the desert. And safely too, might I add. The Qatari builders, I'll tell you what, the Qatari builders, they have made Australian health and safety regulations look like mere words on a page. Very safe. Very, very safe. It's all gone off without a hitch and we're going to have a ripper World Cup. Now, my only concern, I must say, is, is for the players. You know, I ask again, when is enough enough? When is enough enough? Some of these guys are only on, ooh, what would you say, a couple hundred K a week? That's it. That's all. A measly couple of hundred K a week. And then the other question that's got to be asked, for those that are on more, I'm talking the big boys, the big kahunas, sitting pretty on their four to five hundred k a week. When do they get to use it? When do they get to use their four to five hundred k a week? If they're playing football every three or four days, when does the party start? When do they get to go out and let their hair down? When do they get to go out and hire a booth at Red Square? When do they get to get up from that booth and buy a round of vodka raspberries for everyone and get their shoes stuck to the floor? When do they get to duck off to the toilets in pairs or in perhaps in groups of threes? It really is a sad time to be a professional footballer. Lots of football to be, to be played, not enough time to send it. It's a real shame. Alas, there is plenty happening on the park. And to help us take it through it, <clears throat> help take us through it all this weekend once again, it's Tommy on the other end of the interweb line. Mate, how are you going? Where would you like to kick us off this week on the night shift? I've been hanging in there, Sammy, hanging in there. Like I said, a lot of football on. You think it's tough for the players, it's tough for the supporters, it's tough for the people that try and make a part-time hobby out of watching this kind of thing. Very tough. Um, uh, as a result, I've been telling people the uh, pod's, pod's cancelled this week. That's okay, right? That's okay? Oh, it finished. It was cancelled Sunday night at about Monday morning, about 3 a.m. It felt right. Oh, hang on, hang on. Sammy, hold, hold on a tick. Hold on a tick. I'm hearing a little voice in my ear telling me that that last statement must be reviewed for validity. <laughs> Might might have to wait four to six minutes while we try and figure out exactly what the threshold is for cancelled pods. Uh, let me just go to my little screen, stare furiously at it for a second, 30 seconds, a minute. I don't care that the crowd's booing. I don't give a fuck that people at home have switched off. I need to make sure that this tiny indiscretion in the middle of the park is going to have a huge <laughs> consequence on the outcome of this game. Oh, I see where you're going with this. You're talking controversy. I'm talking big, big var and the you know the conspiracy unit, yeah. Big farmer, big varma, big varma, big varma. 
Well, I'm sure we will. As we go through the games, like we do we'll every there. week, there'll be plenty of VAR traversy to talk about. I think that's, unfortunately, there's no way to avoid it. This week, it's going to be talked about. Deal with it. Um, where, do, where do you want to kick us off, though? I think I would like to start in the last week. Uh, my favorite time of year, better than Christmas, better than Hanukkah, uh, transfer deadline day. Did you Very just take good. a keen interest in this? Did you did I you get everything? That, did you get everything that you wish for though, as an Arsenal fan? I don't think I was wishing for any. I, uh, from an Arsenal perspective, another centre mid. Uh, considering they were linked to Tielemans for a while and some others, are dis- probably disappointing. Maybe not to get another centre mid means Mohamed Elneny will probably have to play some games at some point, which is, mm. all, you know, it's probably an interesting prospect. Not something you want if you're trying to fight it out at the top of the league, which Arsenal are at the moment. Yes, remember that. Um, Arsenal made some good off-season signings, though. Potentially not as good as Chelsea's last 24 to 48 hours, though. Uh, they signed, or the announcing of Wesley Fofana, finally after being a little nuisance brat at Leicester, refusing to put the kid on, 70 million pounds. And then on top of that, one Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Pissant. From Barcelona, which, I mean, this would hurt even more, considering the fee that was attached to it, uh, who went to Barca on, on a free in January. Mm-hmm. Now ended up costing, oh, I've lost it. A, a, a stupid sum of money, Sam. Let's just say a it stupid was like, sum of it was money. like 10 mil or something. It was a stupid sum of money for a player that went there for a free, not even six months earlier. I'm not oh, sure Arsenal little... would be upset. Well, potentially not. He had to go. They had to get rid of him. Coach Overall, though. Oh, is that what it is? So did... is he going to adjust well at Chelsea? I doubt it. <laughs> One tiny tantrum from Thomas Tuchel, the tantrum man. And it'll be all over again. The toys will be out the pram and he'll be packing his bags. How fierce is Uber's handshake? Is he going to have to start doing arm wrestling competitions? Well, as long as he makes eye contact with Thomas Tuchel, then uh, Thomas Tuchel will be appreciative that he's made the eye contact and therefore it's a legitimate handshake. He's got nothing to worry about. Uh, Chelsea overall, the biggest spenders of this transfer window, stumping up £278 million which is also the most spent by one club in a single window ever. Wow. What's it they buy? What they got? Well, they, they signed Koulibaly. I think he was Boring. around 60-odd. Yeah, no, he's, he's good. Is he good? Did I you watch him against him. Leeds? No, I think Jeez. he will be good. I think it's because he's been suspended since his he faux pas be, against he'll Leeds. He'll be good. Potentially, potentially. He looks like he has more flaws than... A couple Please of other centre backs that stop have been using Leeds as the barometer for everything. <laughs> that was the last time I saw him play. The leadometer. Uh, the leadometer. Thank you. There it is. At the moment, it's flashing red. <laughs> um, <laughs> the engine lights on. The uh, uh, Cucciarella. They signed Cucciarella as well for a big sum of money. I'm sure there were some others in there too. Man City, you would argue, probably won the transfer window uh, overall, signing Holland. I guess. Yeah, uh, but they also brought in uh, Manuel Akanji from Borussia Dortmund, which mm. you would you would know something about. Yeah, uh, a little bit surprised, I guess. His age is on his side, but watching him play for Dortmund, I always thought he was uh, probably suited to a club of Dortmund's heights and not 
bigger. I can't see him being the sort of player that will help you win a Champions League, but like I said, time is on his side. Just the sort of guy that's... uh, His inexperience in big moments or big games was often uh, noticeable. Okay. Okay. Do you think that mm, you would hope then his teeth have well and truly been cut now? I would imagine that that will develop, but it just seemed like it was that way for you know, for a number of seasons in a row and never really got better, you know. He was just kind of still lingering as that inexperienced player. Now he's, uh, what is he now? He's he's 27 now 27. and I'm still yet to see that. So I guess he's got some years on his side and maybe under Guardiola, I don't know. They can good, see something in him. Good luck he's, to obviously, him. he's obviously got the, per, you know, the raw attributes that they're looking for, strong, quick, comfortable on the ball, decent passing range. Mm. Um, but he's been touted as ready for both the Premier League and the Champions League by Manchester City's director of football. Yeah. So who knows what that means? Four games off the bench this season. Do they need him? I don't know. Yeah. Who you got the next? biggest? The well, probably this is where I'll leave it. The biggest move of deadline day potentially was the long protracted Anthony to Manchester United. Eighty-two million pounds they spent on him in the end. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Uh, it's a lot of money. But are we beyond... Uh, Max Rushton made the point on um, on one of the Guardian pods. Are we beyond the point of now being staggered by the amount of money being thrown around? No, is it more... doesn't mean any... I mean, yes, we are. We are beyond that. Yeah, we are beyond that. And it's just more about whether or not this guy's going to score 15 goals this season. Like, is that... That's just where we are now. We're so numb to it. The figures don't mean anything. You know, and when we go through stuff like Barcelona, have just gone through recently where there's all this talk about how they're not going to be able to register these players and they're in so much financial trouble, but they keep spending millions and millions. I think we're just desensitized to what millions actually means anymore. Any like we, I think we're aware that there won't be any consequences for, you know, overspending or anything like that anyway. It's true. You know? Yeah, it's true. There was a good article in the New York Times about PSG's uh, indiscretions. And the fact that their their chairman or someone that's related to the chairman knows people in certain circles that can alleviate any kind of financial dramas or you know any penalties can be sort of diverted into a different kind of asset pool or whatever. So yeah, you're right. We're kind of living in this crazy bubble that is the business of global football. Um, and I just in the article that I was reading about the transfer deadline wrap, um, they made a really poignant point against the background of Britain's cost of living crisis. United led the way as Premier League clubs, 2.1 billion pounds, broke the all-time record spending total for an entire season. Yeah, same. Pretty crazy. But, hey, Anthony scored on debut and fist pumped the badge. He clearly loves it here. Kissed that's, it. That's, you know, kissed, kissed, it. kissed that's, it. That's that's money well That's yeah. money well spent. Worth the kiss alone was 80 million. Was it the fourth most, uh, fourth most expensive player in Premier League history? Worth it? Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't seen him play the piano yet. <laughs> I haven't seen him play Glory Glory on the piano. We'll get to the United game. Don't you worry about that, United fans. We'll get there. Shut <laughs> your fucking mouths, all right? We can games. hear you from here. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll jump into the games now. We'll go chronologically through the weekend again. But first, uh, fantasy football. We've got a new leader again. I don't think we've had the same... Six game weeks now, we've had a different leader each week. It's just, it's like they've organized this. Everyone's trying to earn their own shout out. Um, Kyle Dakin leads this week. Sam, it's just, it's a proper competition, all right? That's all it is. We're not, we're not a farmer's league. 
Yeah, it's real. Anyone can beat anyone. Um, Kyle Dakin leads this week. His team, How I Met Your Mutter, classic, classic fantasy team name. Um, like somehow amassed 71 points this week in a, a horrid week where the average was, what, 45? Mm. 45 well done, sir. average. Um, he used a bench boost this week. And let me run you through this bench, this bench boost. Uh, Raya in goal only got the two points, but also on the bench, Thiago Silva, eight points. Embuemo from Brentford, eight points. Connor Cody, six points. That's, uh, you know, that's, what's that, 28, 16, 22, 24 points off the pine. A well-used bench boost there. I'm assuming that's how the bench boost works. I, I imagine it is. Yeah, I don't think you get double you get, your points. You get the points for the players on the bench. Yeah. It was news to me. News to me when I saw someone press that yeah, button. Yeah, I, I don't like, know. That's what that does. Yeah. But there you go. Well done, Carl. This week's leader. Will well he done, be in it at the end for the trophy? Who knows? Who knows? Who could say? Da- audacious attempt, really, having Connor Cody on the bench. I would not have had Everton keeping a clean sheet at home to Liverpool. Uh, yeah, well, they did, though. Um, Salah can't score in a bloody brothel at the moment, so that's yeah. that. Yeah. What's going on with that? Well, let's talk about the Merseyside derby. Everton-Liverpool, nil-nil. Uh, did you catch any of this one? Not a scrap. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, moving on. Let, let me let me give you my best Barry Glendening impression. I didn't see it. I don't care for it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's legitimately how that guy talks on football <laughs> podcasts where he is paid to talk about football. Chief football writer of the Guardian, everyone. Yeah. And he'll just say, oh, he was sitting in a pub and I was having a pint and there were some lads and we were talking and the game was on, on the television. Like, okay, did you watch it? This is your job. You get paid for it. We don't get paid for it. We don't get he paid for the, this. He saw the highlights, Sam. Come on, cut him yeah. some slack. If anyone wants to send any donations, um, <laughs> you know. All pints. Yeah. I'd much more um, for pints. Yeah, interesting game. I had it on. I had one eye on it. But I was also, you know, it was on at the same time as the old firm, which we'll it definitely get to later as well. A bit of Ange watch. Uh, but this one, it looked pretty good uh, for a nil all draw, as far as nil all draws go. Certainly far more entertaining than the other bullshit we've had the last few weeks. Finally, <laughs> a good early game. Um, the best one yet, and it's a nil nil draw. You know, Pickford gets the man of the match, I guess, for all the saves and. Liverpool certainly had more of it and more chances, but Everton created some really clear chances as well and unlucky not to have a goal. They put one in the net, Connor Cody, but it was ruled out by VAR for offside, which was the correct call in the end. He was offside. offside. Uh, Probably the only one VAR got right all weekend. Get Um, that out of the way early. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Liverpool, Liverpool still got this struggle going and Everton, I guess, a big point for them. It is a big point. And it's is was it signs of progress for Lampard or was it same old, same old? Lock it in, try and keep a little bit of organization and just pump it along to the quick guys up top. Yeah, I I think um Liverpool obviously being the better side were pushing on to try and win this game. That did leave them open at times. You know, uh some interesting moves by Klopp, some of his subs as well, uh the changes he made to Gray ended up out on that left-hand side for Everton and he took Trent off for James Milner, which was 
which was weird. Interesting. Um, Yeah, there was was just some interesting shit going on from a Liverpool's perspective. Uh, We've talked about them enough, I think, this season already, but they'll find their way at some point. Yeah, I just wanted to make that point that you look at their starting lineup and it's not as strong as it possibly could be. It's not. You know, Carvalho and Elliott starting, Simakasa left back. You know, they're having to rotate train Alexander-Arnold. Surely that's the reason they took him off. If it's tactical to bring Milner on to deal with, Demarai Gray doesn't make much sense, given that Awobi is also playing in behind. You've got the speed of, you know, Mopai and Anthony Gordon, who did strike some form prior to this game. So mm. it just doesn't seem like... Is, is he tying himself up in knots tactically, Klopp? I'm not sure. Well, yeah, you know, there was a lot of comments like that from Liverpool fans this week. Saying they, they feel like he's maybe lost his marbles a bit. Um, <laughs> It'll happen. Classic, <laughs> classic phrase. Top. He's lost his marbles. Um, <laughs> I don't even play with marbles anymore. Like the only time I use marbles is when I'm sling. Wait, no, I won't say that on there. You're playing a man down with Joe Gomez at the back anyway. So yes, that's be cool. You know, that's horrible. I also don't get. I guess was has Jota been coming back from injury or he Must can't be. he can't seriously prefer Darwin Nunes. Over him, can he? No. Or is it just you one make... of those stubborn, I've, we've spent the money, so we've got to blame things? Precisely. You know? That's exactly it. You can't, you know, buy the new $80,000 car and then not take it for a spin. Mm. How long till the Dumbo gets sent off again? I'm surprised it wasn't this game, given mm. that it's a Merseyside derby. If anybody started to wind him up, even in the slightest, you could see him reacting. Um, Neil Mope had a brilliant chance for... Everton to pinch it. They got in the box. It was almost like a three-on-two type scenario. Mm-hmm. And he just kicked it straight at the goalkeeper, blew that one. Um, Donkey. Allison made himself big, but, you know, he's got to, he's got to score it. If it was against Arsenal, he would have scored it, the dog. Yeah. Donkey. It's, that's a bizarre transfer in a way because he was the second-choice striker, you could say, behind Ivan Tony, or definitely the, the, the supporting striker. Um, and Everton splashed the cash like that on buying a second-string striker from a club like Brentford. Shows the changing dynamics, I think, between these two clubs at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, fair. We'll move on. And I know you're dying to talk about this one. Um, oh. <laughs> Jesus. The, the group chat that I'm in with you is, um, I'm going to be honest, it gets pretty unbearable when Leeds are playing. It's very erratic. It's, <sighs> it's completely visceral. Yep. It's just emotional responses without much thought or rationale. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes correct, sometimes maybe not correct. But uh, you don't Brentford, have to pat- <laughs> Brentford beat Leeds 5-2. <laughs> and you were absolutely seething in this one. And would you like to tell us why? I was positively foaming at the mouth. Like, I, I think because I got home, um, we'll get on to why I was out later. I had a really good night out. I got home. I hadn't watched the first half an hour and I was just about to flick it on. And I think you messaged me asking, had I seen the penalty yet? And I was like, what penalty? What do you mean? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Then I get on, rewind it a little bit because Optus has a rewind function, <clears throat> Paramount. And immediately, just imagine that happening in the first 20 seconds of a match and just how perturbed you would be, how just infuriated at the whole scene. It, you, you saw it. Is it a penalty? If you uh... look- if you look for something for five minutes, are you going to find fault in it no matter what it is? I saw it briefly when it happened and my initial 
uh, tired, blurry-eyed view of it on the goal rush for a split second was that there might have been something there. Uh, mm-hmm. But a, but a, I think a, a theme that we'll get into with VAR, especially this weekend, is, you know, uh, the whole clear and obvious thing. You know, if you're going to look at it for long enough, you'll find something. Um, they found something. Look, I don't think... I'm not too outraged by, like, in isolation, I wouldn't be too outraged by that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you compare it to the decision later that resulted in Marsh getting a red card um, and the Leeds penalty shout not being even looked at by VAR, you really got to wonder what the point of this whole fucking thing is. Yeah, well, that's where it comes down to the reason, or, you know, the threshold on top of its remit, you know, enable to review certain situations. They initially look at the first penalty because there's hands, there's um, calls for handball. And then I think they, when they wave that away, then they're like, oh, hang on, there's more contact later in the box. Let's roll it forward and you can continue to watch it. And that's why it took so long. Yeah, sure. There's a clip of the hills. But if that's a clip of the hills, then like you're alluding to, the situation um, later in the game where I think it was Somerville that goes around uh, the fullback who has a huge hold of his shirt. Not, you know, so much pulling it off his back, but enough that it stops him, enough that the referee should see it and call a free kick. Doesn't. The foul continues into the box where his ankles are then clearly clipped. Yeah. And it's waved away. VAR looks at it. VAR says nothing. And then, you know, the initial foul isn't even called. It's just just a goal kick. It's just play on. Yeah. And you wonder how you can have the same people adjudicating one decision to another and how they get to such different conclusions. Yeah, that's where it's most baffling is the two incidents from the exact same game that have both, you know, well, they've both gone against Leeds in this instance, but um, they're just, I, I feel like they're either both wrong or they're both, you know what I mean? Like they can't like, be one or the other. I know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I think I know what you're saying too. Yeah. It has to be consistent. It has to be both of them or neither of them. Like, it can't be neither yeah. of them or both. You know, they, I yeah. don't know how one was looked at for five minutes on a screen and the other one wasn't. Exactly. Like if, the referee quite is told, if the referee is told to go look at that one, he gives it, I think, given how he's already given the first one. But you would hope even, so. But he's not even told to go look at it. But he's not even given the initial foul. The one where his, his shirt's yeah, being held onto outside the box, which the VAR apparently can't adjudicate over can't because, because it's outside, it's outside of the boundaries. The but then there's one in the box anyway, which yes, yeah. it just baffles <laughs> me because you know I, the one I thought of immediately was um, I think people know I'm neutral enough to know that mm. it's not just because it was Arsenal, but the Granite Xhaka on was it Bernardo Silva or was it Rodri? I couldn't tell you the exact player. Year, I know the situation. Year, yeah. yeah. Um, the slightest of shirt pulls on the front of his shirt and the Man City player fell backwards somehow. And they got given a penalty for that. Um, but this is like full, the defender running away, pulls his shirt back. And then as he gets into the box, like bundles into the back of him. Um, pretty poor. I don't know how it looks it pretty given. poor. Yeah. Um, All for Marsh getting sent off in that situation as well. I love it. Let him know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's another thing that plays into the Leeds conspiracy as well, is that you have certain managers... <laughs> There's no conspiracy. Klopp can just berate and yell and antagonise and belittle and intimidate whoever he wants on the sidelines. And Marsh has genuine concerns for what looks to be, a, you know, a confounding error. And just immediately he's sent off. I don't know exactly what he said to him, 
Nor do I care if you called him a Weasley spindled pin dick motherfucker. I don't care. Call him whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know how Americans chastise people. He would have <laughs> made a joke about race. his mum. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, or his mum's weight, probably. Something like that. This is what I imagine Marsh would go to. Yeah, well, your mum's fat. Something, something like that. Uh, don't mess with the big dog. In terms of actual <laughs> football, uh, Sinistero for Leeds, lovely goal. Oh. And I guess we should also mention uh, Ivan, 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 Tony, hmm. with a nice hattie, albeit helped by a bit of a, a rabble of a Leeds defence. I think penalty decisions aside, uh, Brentford probably the better team in this. Leeds looked pretty rabbly. Um, Leeds not that great defensively. Very no. Bielsa leads. Um, yeah, it did. defensively, uh, but yeah, but Brentford were good. Uh, they're very quickly proving us wrong on our preseason predictions. Yeah, there's no second season syndrome. Um, just wanted to shout out as well. I've got a nice little side bet going on that Lewis Sinistera will score more goals than Anthony in the Premier League this season. Uh, very good. That's two one to Sinistera. So we'll we'll keep the we'll keep the listeners updated with how that's going too. Yeah, nice. Will we? I will, especially will. if Sinny's winning. Okay. All right. Next game. Yeah. I've got on my list Next here. Game. More controversy. Um when does it end? <laughs> Chelsea v West Ham. I didn't think uh this wasn't the most entertaining game of football this one. Um West Ham matched it well enough with Chelsea for long periods, but Chelsea just had the better quality. Chilwell coming on was a game changer. He was excellent when he came on. Um, they got the win, 2-1. There was the moment, I don't know if you've seen it, at the end where Mendy spills it and the striker's coming through and he kind of touches him. Obviously, uh, Edouard Mendy, we should obviously take our hats off, though, and have a moment of silence yes. for the fallen. <clears throat> uh, Put your made- gloves out for him. May he rest in peace. Put your gloves out for Eduard Mendy, who died in a tragic footballing accident at Stanford Bridge. Saturday night. Gone too um, soon. He was he was clearly in such agony um, that he was only able to continue a few minutes later. So, <laughs> Writhing in pain during yeah. the period of play until the ball was dead. But yeah, um, VAR. It was I believe Gillett was on the VAR, the Australian referee. Told the ref to Gillett. come look at it. The refs looked at it and going, "Oh, yep." No, that's a foul. I'm ruling out the goal. A very big call to make and one that I dare say, without getting too tinfoil hatty, would not go against a top six team if the role was reversed. No, not in this situation. If it was to cost them an equalizer. To cost them an equalizer. If it was two Super League teams against one another, then potentially. Um, Because these, you know, kind of decisions happen because this is the, you know, the environment we're in where they are now looking for any reason to rub out a goal, which is precisely the exact opposite reason we brought it in because there was too many mistakes being led in, you know, after goals, goals scored situations and stuff like that. Offsides that weren't offside or balls crossing the line that had, and that weren't called. This was the reason we were upset 10 to 15 years ago. You know, you think of the that amazing Roy Carroll incident where he tries to uh, catch the ball on his chest and it slips off him and goes in. Yeah, he picks the ball up and it's not called as a goal. Like this, Out that's the miles. kind of things. I mean, in in the goal by miles, yeah, in the goal by miles, yeah, and not you know trying to figure out whether Bowen has intentionally left his leg in on Mendy, and then whether or not that constitutes a foul 
so much so that he can't get up and play the ball. Even if he was up, Cornette probably still scores anyway because it's a great finish. Yeah. Huge and the goal. Goals, the goal scoring opportunity comes from a Chelsea mistake. It just, not that that matters so much, but, you know, it's oh, just, you can't not put your tinfoil hat yeah, on and wonder what is happening. The many, many reasons that we go, we go searching for reasons to give penalties and give, uh, to rule out goals, which I thought was not going to be the case. Um, that the tiniest of clips that happens there, if if a touch or a clip of someone is that innocuous, then to me that's not clear and it's not obvious. Like I don't understand how you. More referees need to be looking at the screen and saying, "No, nah, I'm happy with, I'm happy with how it went. I didn't give the foul because I didn't think it was a foul." Yeah, mm. uh, you've you've shown me. It. I've looked. There is a touch there, but it's. I still believe I've called it right. It wasn't a horrendous error to go mm. done. Um, that did happen. Shocking. That did happen in a different game on the weekend. Um, but it still took the guy like five minutes to figure out that his decision was correct. I was like, oh my god, have some backbone. Did it? Yeah, they were talking about it on the Guardian pod. <laughs> okay, you don't know where. <laughs> No, I can't remember. This is like third-hand information now. Wow. All right. We can edit edit this in after the fact. It'll be me like, the game was. Um, big call by Mendy just to lay on the ground there at 2-1 <laughs> up, hoping that he would get the free. That's actually your, your – no, that's a really good shout. Big dick is energy. It, is it a – yeah, is it a, is total madness or is it genius? Or is madness genius wrapped into one? Yeah, I don't know. Just – Professional really footballers shit me to tears. I'm just so sick of it. Literally, it's just so ingrained in the culture of the sport that people yeah. need to pretend they're hurt all the time. I, I've no like, one of the biggest golden rules is if a player is hiding their face, they're fine. Mm, interesting tell. Yeah, they hide their face and they just lie there with their face buried in the grass because they're not very good yeah. actors. So at least they can just hide their face and just it just yeah, it good sickens shout. me. The way Mendy carried on like he'd been. Like he'd had his shoulder booted in half and his arm ripped from its socket as he lay there on the ground, like a scene from Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> like, come on, just get up and save the ball, you fucking idiot. God. Yeah. Uh, for that, that alone, makes me sick. For that alone, West Ham should have been able to keep the goal. Because that's the yeah. other side of it as well, is referees looking at it and go, oh, yeah, look, he's in pain there because he's got kicked. He didn't get fucking kicked. He got touched with a boot. Oh my god! You could pass. There's coming together. There's coming together. Like there's contact in every single tackle. Yeah, football incident. Football incident. Football but incident. you know, you could devil advocate and say that Bowen is trying to instigate a penalty decision as well. If he gets the ball first, that's why he leaves his leg down. So yeah. it could, it, you know, it's, there's no foul either way. Just play on. It's Go. two examples of yeah, exactly. It's play on. Yeah, that's yeah. What, exactly what it should be. Play on. All right, well, I guess we're not going to talk about any of the football from that one. There's not really much else to talk about anyway. I've already uh, said Chilwell came yeah, on. Yeah, you said Chilwell, well, good. Havertz yeah. scored. Havertz um, scored after we offloaded it, him from our team. I kind of like that Chelsea lined up in a 3-1-4-2. They're, they're, you know, they're still trying and tinkering and Tuchel knows it's not quite working and they're, you know, they're, they're trying to get it to to try and function in a For way me, that makes sen- them a better side. is horrible. You don't rate it. I mean, Gallagher, you've got to give him time potentially mm. to show that he can do it in a Chelsea team. Um, Kova, Kova's a good player. 
Loftus Cheek, I don't oh, rate overly. Neither. And is Kovacic good enough to be your week in, week out? You know, um, probably not. The man you rely on, no. I mean, but yeah. I like him as that's a player, got, but you know, they've got Jorginho. Yeah, who I you know I don't personally rate. But He's looking I mean, like his day, his Premier League days are kind of dated a bit. I think as well. Mm-hmm. He's figured out, and if Chelsea aren't going to dominate games, he really becomes a passenger because he's so slow in there. Yeah, and I think that's yep. why he's been going with Loftus Cheek. Yeah, poor on the transitions. No, I think you're right. And Mason right. Mount can't be that box to box guy they need. Yeah, there's an interesting gap in there potentially. Cool. We'll leave that one there. We'll move on to this other one. I, uh, you know. Um, I didn't watch this game, but it was on a lot during the goal rush because there was five goals. Nottingham Forest, two. Bournemouth, three. Uh, We said last week, can we just relegate Bournemouth? Um, After this second half display from Forest, I think we should relegate them in 21st place. (laughs) Just an immediate. Bournemouth Bournemouth are last in 20th, and then Nottingham Forest are still below that. They're 21st. That would be great to have a wild card relegation every season. And you just, an expert panel of people select the single worst performance of the season and relegate the team based on that. That would be incredible. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't go down based on this because it was uh, they were 2-0 up at half time. But um, yeah, but you throw that away at home did it turn to against, shit? oh my God. But yeah, can you completely blame Forrest? Like a billing Thunderbolt, uh, audacious Solanke overhead attempt. That goes in, uh, you know, the, the last goal, goal definitely. Horror show. Yeah, the third goal, naivety, perhaps. It's the fact they were they were they were two 0 up. They were ahead in every important stat count that matters, and then just I don't know what happens there. Foot off the gas. This is a Bournemouth side that conceded nine last week. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. You've gift. already put two away in them. I guess we we got to give credit to Bournemouth there as well for. I guess it'd be easy to pack it in. After going down nine nil last week and then two nil already to Forest, but yeah, back they came. Got already good, looks like already looks like free. the correct decision to sack Scotty Parker. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> managerless Bournemouth already yeah. pulling in the goods without the uh, without the cardigan blazer master. How often do you see the team who sacks the manager win the next game? I feel like it happens all the time. It does happen a lot. Happens in the AFL a lot. I feel as well. Yeah, is this a feels based? Maybe it doesn't. It's a vibe based. Yeah, vibe. Another vibe based stat, mm. which we're all for on the night shift now. We're all for it. Vibe based stats. <laughs> well, if we're going vibe based, the vibe is Forest and Bournemouth are going down. Now nah, I made a good point. <laughs> I made a good push for Forest to stay up last part, <laughs> and now all of a sudden we're trying to relegate them. I'm, I'm not on that bandwagon. Them. I'm not on that Look, bandwagon. Some of it may have been uh, coming from my wallet speak. Just then, Ooh, but still, is this a m- 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 multi killer? No, it was. I had a, one of those ridiculous BYO bets that had uh, Forest to win the game, Forest to have the most corners in each half, and the most shots on target in each half. And at half time, it was on track at sixteen to one because um, they were winning. They had more corners and they'd had more shots. They just had to do it again in the second half, and they didn't. So donkeys. Off we go. Who did you who did you send the abusive DM to? Uh, I didn't because I'm not a dickhead. I'm not a psychopath. Thank you. Yeah. Thank um, you. all right. We'll move it on. 
Uh, what do I have next in my sheet? Let me just check here. Uh, here we go. We come to the Newcastle Palace game. Uh, for me, this is the game that had the most egregious of the VAR incidents this weekend. Uh, did you see any of this one? Did you see? I suppose we're just going to talk about the VAR traversy in this one. I've seen the incident. Uh, you know, compared to the Merseyside derby for a nil-nil, this wasn't a good nil-nil. No. It wasn't a bad nil-nil, but it wasn't anything yeah. to sit down and recommend people to watch again. The incident itself, though, it's... We talk about baffling in the Brentford-Leeds game. This is completely blind. Completely blind. Um, I don't understand how anyone in the ground can reach that decision. Anyone involved in this game can come up with that decision. Tyrell Mitch is it Tyrell Mitchell? Uh, you've guessed it now. We might Tyrick, as well go sorry, Tyrick Mitchell um, scores an own goal. Um, VAR. He's he's told to check by VAR. Go have a look at the screen. There might be a foul in this. And then on the replay, we see Tyrick Mitchell pushing uh, the Newcastle attacker. I'm not sure who it was. Pushing him into the goalkeeper. So he's pushed him into his own goalkeeper. And then the balls come over the top of both of them and hit him and gone in for an own goal. Only for the referee to somehow not see that the Newcastle player was pushed into the goalkeeper and instead just gives a foul by the Newcastle player on the goalkeeper. Uh, I don't really, I can't explain it any more clearer than that. If you haven't seen it, I suggest you go see it and decide for yourself. Maybe we're wrong, but I honestly, uh, this is the most baffling one of the weekend. It's just the, I guess he's only looking, the referee must be standing there only looking for the contact with the goalkeeper and not even seeing how that's like happened. Have they, they've ultra zoomed the replay. So there's no context outside of the collision between the player and the goalkeeper. Because, I mean, everyone, every single person in the world could see it on their massive widescreen televisions. Like this is, we're living in the technological age. We can see everything on the field. You saw it from the first instance that he was shoved into the, <laughs> he shoved him into the keeper. Like why, why, number one, why the hell are you even doing that? Unless you know in the back of your mind you can get away with it. Conspiracy. It just looked like a good bit of karma as well that he scored an own goal after pushing a player <laughs> into his own goalkeeper. Yeah. And then it gets chalked off. He must be laughing. He's That's sitting it. at home laughing about it right now. Going, oh, did you see what I did? I am the luckiest motherfucker. the foul against him. <laughs> I don't know how Tyrek Mitchell laughs, but, you know. It's something along those lines. He's laughing. He's having a good old giggle at that for sure. <laughs> Um, but I'm not. I'm furious with it. I'm filthy with it. It's pissing me off every week. Shitty VAR stuff. Sick of this shit, man. I'm sick of this shit. We have a bit of a running theme in uh, some of the group chats. I mean, that like referees literally do see the game completely differently to the rest of the world. Help. Like, no, most most definitely, man. It's It's that thing of, I think, as fans, we don't want to see the game ref to an inch of its life. And we don't really care for the the absolute minute paraphrases and references in the rule book in the rule book. We just want to see football that feels right. And it, uh, you know, for me, that's the difference. Yeah. Fair. Um, did you have any notes on the actual game itself? Other than that? No, I'm like, I'm excited to see um, Isak in the premier league. He kicked off well last week, mm, you know, wasn't as effective this game. 
Uh, we're just looking at two decent mid-table Premier League teams, I think, who nullified one another. Yep, very good assessment, I think. Um, we'll whiz through the rest of those Saturday night games. Uh, Wolves South, Southampton, not sure anyone cared. Spurs, Fulham, <laughs> I guess it's still, a, a still derby. No one's got... No one's got in contact with us saying they're a Wolves or a Southampton fan, so they're going to continually be relegated. They're out there. They're out there somewhere. Um, Mitrovic scored again, did he? Yeah, I read that. Big fella. Yeah. And our the boy guy that Hoi- couldn't cack it. Our boy Hoiberg scored, who I tried to convince you to get into our fantasy team last week, and we went with Ugh. we went with Ward Prowse instead, so that was a good move. Uh, but, yeah, Tottenham beating Fulham, <laughs> excellent. Villa got a point against Man City that I don't think anyone saw us going. Coming, but Holland scored again. Good point for Villa. Well done. Moving into the Sunday night, these are the last two games, I guess, from the Premier League that we'll cover. But um, I guess I just wanted to talk about how bad Leicester are. 5-2 away to Brighton. They are in all sorts at the moment. They are drop territory. Um, and it's it's really easy to write teams off, especially, you know, six games in. But there doesn't seem to be any kind of forward momentum for this side. They've lost a couple of big name players. They made a bit of money from their sales, but they didn't really reinvest it again. Yeah. Um, you're looking at the same talented players that have been their talented players for three, four, five years. And you just wonder if the tried and tested formula has finally run out. Yep. Yeah. yeah um, I don't know. They just, I think, they got let off the hook a bit the first few rounds, saying that, you know, they'd had a bit of a tough draw early, played some bigger sides. You know, they'd lost to Arsenal and um they lost to Arsenal and Chelsea. But then they come out here. I know it's away from home and I know Brighton are a very good side, but they've shipped five goals. Five. That's you know, that's that's not sh- gonna get you anywhere. A shit ton of shots as well. Eleven shots on target they conceded. Yeah. Like you're gonna you're gonna concede goals with that kind of rate. Um it could have well been six two. Um McAllister had one ruled out by VAR for an offside <sighs> in the build up. Um and it was probably gonna be goal of the season two, but it stood. Um uh, McAllister, another one that we talked about putting in our fantasy team last week and didn't. No. I think <laughs> so we, we went, went for Pascal Ward-Prass. instead. <laughs> No, we chose uh, Pascal Gross over uh, I guess McAllister. So. Yeah, he got two subs. scored a double. Oh, uh, no. well. we've made a mistake there. Um, McAllister is what a you know what a thunder bastard of a strike that was. Mm. He's a wild little player. How are you feeling about this uh, that VAR decision? Oh, it's gross. Like what the fuck? Uh, okay, his his toe is offside. Sure, what mm. impact did it have on any context of the game? He doesn't gain an advantage either because the ball was like played behind him. That's right. He's um, not even really active in the play. Are they trying to yeah. say that he he was obscuring the goalkeeper's vision? I don't. He's not going to well, say no, that he anyway. Did, he did no, like the the ball goes to him. Oh, he plays it. Yeah, yeah. He's offside by a toe, a bee's dick. There's a free kick coming in from the wing. He's a a toe clipping offside. He tries a miraculous kind of bicycle kick thing and comes off him because the because the ball was played behind him. So he tries this miraculous thing. It comes off him, rolls out. McAllister scores an absolute blaster. And, uh, yeah, we go look at VAR and we rule it out because that's what we do now. We rule out fantastic goals. I know people will say, well, offside is offside, but <laughs> I go back to the whole 
the whole point we brought in VAR was not to rule out goals like this for, you know, it's for the the blatant ones. Mm. Again, people will say offside is offside, but, you know, we, it, it's it's a long way from what the whole point of the offside rule is, which is to stop gaining an unfair advantage. Exactly. It's not gaining any unfair advantage there. The linesman didn't flag it. It's, oh, it's just sickening. It's exactly it's not what no. we want football to be about. No, because you've got to consider what the offside rule is, and that is not what the offside rule was brought in to do. And so we should just stop this stupid shit. Get, let the good goal stand. We want more goals in the Let game. Let the good goal stand. Fuck, that would be a hell good name for a podcast. I just still like, you know, if when they're that tight, if the, yeah, let when go. they're that tight, you go with the linesman's call. And the yes. linesman didn't flag. You Thank know? you. So I'd be happy Thank to you. carry on there. Thank um, you. Do you have anything else on this one? I just, I'm so stoked to see Brighton doing so well. Um, Brighton are maybe the new Leicester, given that they're yeah. occupying fourth spot at the moment. And I'm enjoying it. Look, look the most likely of the Super League, of, of the outsiders to break into the Super League six. So full credit to this side of, you know, they're not superstars by any means. Yeah. Love it. I'm enjoying it. They're good to watch as well. Um, all right, we'll move on. The United fans yeah. have been waiting for this, haven't they? I'm yeah. glad we left just it. Start up and sit down, all right? Glazes out. Oh, Glazes out. Glazes out. Oh, Glazes, stop spending hundreds of millions on players for our club. No, Sam, you don't get it. The difference is they're spending the club's money, not their money. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. Uh, 3-1, Man United. They get the win. Arsenal just, uh, no matter what they do in this world, uh, wins at Old Trafford are just so rare to come by for them. They still can't shake it. I remember saying, uh, you know, hindsight's wonderful. I did, I believe I did say this after round one though, that I think Arsenal, as much as they look improved, are they ready for that next step against the big boys to take on the other big six clubs or the other, the other five of the big quote unquote big six. Um, I think they are, but it's just the old Trafford thing. I think they, they lost there last year and beat United at home um, so they just still can't win there. I don't know no, why. But... One win at Old Trafford in their last 16 matches. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I woke up to plenty of shit too, people saying... Uh, so did I, remarkably. Saying, I don't support you know, other side. <laughs> <laughs> just stuff like, oh, where are the Arsenal fans this morning? And it's like, oh, still top, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Very uh, good. Lost. Someone tonight, I think, said to me, well, what happened to Arsenal? So they lost a game of football. First one this season. Literally what happened. They lost again in football. Um, you know, five and one is not a bad start to the year. Um, no. It's just disappointing to, you know, this is a big rivalry and you do want to beat them. And I've everyone knows how much I hate United. I would love to have beaten them there, but we'll just have to win at home. Is it um, more disappointing because of how dominant Arsenal were for like large swathes of the game? Arteta claiming afterwards the performance was there. No need to change anything. Uh, we should be coming to Old Trafford and winning. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't make it more disappointing. I think uh, the losing score would be disappointing as much either way. Uh, I just I take a lot of positivity out of that performance. So, um, but we're not we're not at the end of positivity from uh, losses now because this is the point Roy Keane was making. 
He's certainly stuck the boot in post game, calling Arteta a sore loser, yeah, not giving all did. Mank more credit for the win. Yeah, he made the point you can praise Arsenal all you want, but this is about results and winning football matches. Yeah, I mean sure. he's he's a he's a bit of a knob, but does he have a point? Uh not really. No, no. And he's a short, yeah, short. Everyone knows that, but what's Arteta's not the Man United coach. He doesn't need to sit there and praise them. He's there to talk about his team and. Uh, the way it was, was Arsenal played very well. So he said that they played well and they just didn't win. Um, you know, whatever. I saw all this nonsense again going around. I think it was like Paul Merson. Paul Merson's yeah. one that I think he, an ex-Arsenal guy that he loves. He doesn't want to appear to be favouring Arsenal. So he often sticks the boot in. Um, I saw that he did say we played well, but he was also talking about Arsenal having this naivety and stuff like that. He also said, um, Arsenal are missing a Christian Eriksen, which I think is just straight up nonsense. But it's, um, in, it's incorrect. It's just totally it's, false. It's grasping at straws for guys played one good game in three years. Um, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Um, this is dangerous territory. United, Ericsson. United were, United were, United were good on the counter, um, as, and they just, you know, they defended well enough to get by. Hit on the counter pretty hard and got, you know, a deserved win. Just a little side note on tactical displays like that, where you have Arsenal and, you know, teams like City and others who like to control the ball, take possession, and they prefer to make the football game. Teams that play on the counter-attack, for me personally, I don't, like, respect as much, and nor do I appreciate it as much. And for a side like Man United, you know, the most expensive side ever assembled, for you to sit back at home and wait for your opposition's attack to break down, like, not even really break them down yourselves. They would... <laughs> Kind of just sitting in formation, moving from side to side, just waiting for a mispart, you know, miscontrol or misplaced pass. It just it doesn't seem like it's enough for me. Yeah, no, I, you know, I tend to agree, but uh, Roy Keane would say it's about results. So it's all know. about results. It's and everyone should listen game. to Roy Keane because he was good once. Apparently, yeah. um, he he was a really good manager too. I heard. Was there? Do you think there's any var traversy in this game? Uh, I think there's controversy. Just I'm asking you first. Again, it's probably a good call. Um, look, we're alluding to the Martinelli ruled out goal. I think yeah, uh, which totally would have changed the aspect of the game because it's the first goal of the game. It was quite early on. It's probably a foul, yes. But if the referee's not going to call it, then I definitely do not want VAR calling it. Yeah, it's another one in that category of was it an obvious fuck up by the referee? Given how close the referee was and he's right there, is it, you know, it's it's not an obvious fuck up. So it's not a clear and obvious area, error and therefore shouldn't even be checked. Um, you know, I'm I'm not saying it's not a, I think it probably was a foul too. Yeah. So they probably have got the right call in the end. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, again, we're just combing through to look for reasons to, uh, to rule out goals. I think he probably yep. gets away with that Odegaard if he leaves his hands down. Yep, you think it's, it's more the shove. It's very soft. It's not much of a shove. It's more one of those contact and the guy goes down. I think he yeah, maybe just be a bit smarter and leave your hands down next time and the pressure there would probably have been enough to win the ball anyway. Um, we're, just, we're in this tricky situation where certain situations are exposed like millimeter by millimeter for errors by the referee and then others aren't. And so you were, you're getting a more inconsistent fixture, I think, especially when it comes down to big calls and big moments. 
Yeah, I think so too. Um, it's the inconsistency that kills everyone. So, you know. Um, and it always has been. I just, I wonder if the inconsistency was just easier to stomach when it was one person being inconsistent. I think so. For sure. That's like, that's the most frustrating thing about this is, you know, VAR is brought in to, to kind of make things more consistent and to get more clearer, you know, results on things, but mm-hmm. it's not happening. It's still just as controversial. So we might as well just get rid of the whole fucking lot and put it in the bin, dump it. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's that's never going to happen now, happen now is it? It's no. done. We're yeah. too far. It's, We're yeah, too it's far like AI. Away. We're in trouble. Um, I just what, I did wanted to make a positive note on Manchester United because we do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they've, won, they've won their last four games and I think we've pretty much sunk the boot in every single time. Um, the Varane-Martinez combination, since they've yeah. come in and played against uh, played alongside one another, four games, four wins, two clean sheets, two goals conceded, zero defeats. It's, you know, considering the jockey comparisons Martinez was getting at the... Uh, Martinez was getting at the start of the season and from you. Look, I was playing more off of what the media was saying, Jamie Carragher especially, just really hammering home this preconceived idea that a small centre-back can't hack it in the Premier League when he quite clearly can hack it in the Premier League. This is a good player. <laughs> yeah, good good footballer. Um, we this even is... went out... Sorry, go on. No, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, we even went out and got uh, Diego Dalo in our Diogo Dalo into our fantasy team this week. We did. Yeah. See, look, this is the defensive respect we're starting to show Man United. Yep. See, we can be adults about this. We just choose not to be. Yeah. When it, when, it, when it comes down to winning, we'll make the sacrifice. But, you know, when we're, we're doing this kind of thing, no. Yeah. I'm going to be as hyperbolic as I can. Yep. Love that. You do also need to just shut the fuck up about the Glazers. Give it a rest. Right? Yeah. They're buying everyone but- you want. Stop it. They brought Ronaldo back. Shut your faces. That's it. You can shut up for five years now. That's all you ever wanted. Give it a spell. All right. Let's finish very quickly because we're going on a bit. Yeah, uh, we there were now. some other big games outside outside of uh, the Premier League. We haven't really done any of the other leagues so far, but we'll do a bit of and watch because Celtic and Rangers played Saturday night in an old firm. Um, 4-0. Celtic took this one. Absolutely dominant. I also, I don't know if you caught any of this one or saw any of the highlights. I did, thankfully. Uh, I was given a really good tip off by, I think, your good self earlier in the night that there's a little pub on Gilbert Street called, is it the John Doe? John Doe's Bar or something like that. Yeah, the John John Doe's Bar Bar on Gilbert Street. And they were showing the Celtic game. That's where the Celtic guys were going to be. Well, that was a, yeah, Adelaide Celtic organized that to be a bit of a venue for games. So my brother and I, after a good night out at Memphis Slims, don't know if anyone's been to Memphis Slims in South Australia, great night out, definitely go there. Jumped on the beam scooters and hightailed our way down to Gilbert Street. It's funny the way that you travel through Adelaide in that it's lots of really quiet back streets outside the city. And then as you're approaching this pub, you can hear a swirl of noise getting louder and getting louder (laughs) until you get to the traffic lights and you look across and there is a tiny building that could be a sports shed. Like it is real. There's no disrespect to the bar. It's a great bar, but it is so little. And there were so many green and white hoops inside and standing outside. They had TV set up on in the footpaths, basically crazy atmosphere, fantastic vibe. 
And I got to watch uh, Ange Postecoglou's world-beating Celtic destroy Rangers. There was not, they were hardly even in this game. Yeah, um, the the events that Adelaide Celtic have been able to put on uh, the last few years and stuff for big games has been awesome because um, they've struggled for a venue for a while since the Rosemont went down. Um, Rip, yeah, again, when when these games happen, I'm sure there's there'd be a uh, a Rangers equivalent out there somewhere. But I mm. think there's a there's a Rangers club down south somewhere. Uh, but don't hold me to that. But I'd imagine they have pretty similar things. They just wouldn't have been in such as good a mood on Saturday night because, no. yeah, Nancy's team absolutely dominated this game. Um, in fact, I don't mean this to sink the boot into Rangers, but I thought Celtic were sloppy in the second half and mm-hmm. it could have it could have very easily been much more than four. They got really sloppy with their press. They got sloppy in the final third. They didn't get as – they weren't as ruthless – and I think, had they been, it, this could have easily gone to six, seven, you know, um, which they did the week before. They beat Dundee United nine nil, and I don't know. It's it's kind of it's it's enjoyable. You get that good win, and then you also think, oh wow, that was a real opportunity to, you know, <laughs> really inflict some hurt here, um, some psychological damage for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, uh, they're just. That's a five-point gap now already, and it's just uh, it's just how ruthless Celtic are every week at the moment. You know, they were in this game; they were doing it too. But also the week before against Dundee United, when they're they're like they're eight nil up, and they're sprinting to take throw-ins and corners. You know, they're just it's so ange. They're just they it's just so want to play. They just want to play football nonstop. Um, yep. The first goal Celtic got came from a quick throw, um, while Rangers were still trying to you know kind of appealing for it. Celtic, it went their ways. They just took it straight away, got the ball in the box, scored, uh, dominant. And that's with Kyogo went off in like the third minute with a shoulder injury as well. So, um, yeah. And for, still to if, perform if to had, that level. If he had played, it, oh. it could have been something else. Um, Bloodbath. Yep. On, so well-balanced Celtic. On the Jers, I I saw some complaints. A lot of the a lot of the fan base not happy with Gio Van Bronckhorst in charge. Mm. It seems seems stiff to me. I mean, he got to got them to a European final last year. Yeah. Um, he's got them through the qualifiers and into the Champions League this year. Something that Celtic haven't been able to do for years. Um, they're only in the group stage this year because it changed so that the Scottish winner goes straight in. Um, but Rangers got through in qualifiers, so two Scottish teams in the Champions League. Um, Unheard of. But. You know, I I don't know. It's I think a lot of them feel that Steven Gerrard laid the groundwork for that team that got to the Europe Europa League final. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're just not sitting happy with Geo. I'm not sure if that's just down to losing an old firm four nil and that's like the emotional response, um, or what, but yeah. Could be emotional response, unless you know they're seeing something in this season side that, you know, isn't as representative of a winning or attacking side as they saw last season. It, like you said, they came through the European qualifiers to be in the Champions League group stage. That's pretty phenomenal effort. And, mm. you know, from an outsider's perspective, you wouldn't really be calling for the manager's head or you wouldn't be questioning no. him as vociferously as you would. But, uh, you know, a derby defeat is always going to it's always going to put the laser square back on the guy in charge. In a, yeah, in a country as well where it's like it's either winning the league or nothing. 
That's yeah, that's a good point know, for these two Celtic and Rangers. It's you know, it's it's down to them. That's the sad nature of Scottish football. Really, is that you know, no one else in that league is ever going to win it while Celtic and Rangers are in it. So, um, there would be a very it's a fight with each other. It's a one v one battle. Yeah. Um. So when you lose a lose a game like this, it hits pretty hard. They'd be very nervous of you know falling back into a recurring pattern of Celtic winning five, six, seven in a row before Rangers winning one and then Celtic five, six, seven in a row. So you could almost see that happening if Ange stays there for a couple more years. Definitely dynasty type era we're approaching for Ange. Yeah. Um, that's that. They've both got uh, Champions League games this week. Let me quickly Which find we did go Celtic through on the Champions League preview pod. Which yeah, you can, can find. To. We did put up another pod. I think I put it up Saturday. There should be one on there. Champions League. We went through all the groups. Um, I'm just trying to find the Champions League fixtures here, but I know Celtic are home against Real Madrid. Real Madrid. That game will have probably been played by the time people listen to this. And then I think the next morning is... Is the Rangers game? I'm not sure who they got, but they're in the they're in the group with Liverpool, um, Liverpool, Ajax, and they Napoli. play Ajax. Yeah, Ajax, Ajax Thursday morning. There you go. So, plenty of football to come. Champions League. Uh, the last game of the round I wanted to talk about. This for me has been the game of the season by miles in any league. Um, the Milan derby, AC Milan and Inter Milan, three two, Milan win it. Oh boy, this was. Did you? I, I sent you the highlight package for this because um, it doesn't do it justice either. Uh, five goals, but just the quality of play, you know, no absolute weldy goals, but just high quality, well worked, well built up goals. Um, just, just great football. Brilliant. I've still got KO for some reason. I think I must be paying for it and not realizing. Oh, so yeah. you get the little, you get the little mini matches and you get to watch the extended highlights. Yep. This was an absorbing, you know, beautiful derby contest. And on a night that had the Merseyside derby, Old Firm and the Milan derby, this yep. was easily the this was easily the best, like head and shoulders the best. Yeah. Um, and I heard a lot of what you just said post-game, that like this was the best match I've ever seen. Um, it's, it's, what a great occasion for Italian footy. Yeah, it was awesome. I didn't watch it live. I watched it when I got up, but oh man, they're just, these two sides had, they had two cracking derbies last year. But this was better than both of those. Um, not, I'm not just saying that because Milan won. It's just the quality of the football that was going on. Um, both keepers busy. Both sides really trying to win it. Um, just, just good shit. I love it. I could be, I, I could probably... be mis, mis- uh, remembering this. Is the the Milan keeper Ma- uh, Magnan or something? Is yeah, Mike Magnan. Mike Magnan. Yeah, made two incredible saves at right, the end of the game right to keep it three two. Yeah, yeah the one did. from um uh, Chalanoglu, in- incredible save. Yeah, the one Chalanoglu hit one from outside the box, and there was one, uh, there was one where the ball gets smashed across the box, and he has to he dives out and gets a hand to it to intercept it. Yes, yeah, and it goes out to too. the other wing, and then it gets crossed back in, and the header from just outside the six yard box, and he gets across, saves that Scrambles one, keeps it out, out and yeah, um. That was brilliant. Ben, um, I still have to, no idea how Italy is going to go this year. Oh, uh, like the who's going to win the league? Yeah, it's wide open, and that's the beauty of this league. Like, if you actually want to watch a competitive football division, this is the one because there's any of legitimately four teams that could win. It's been awesome. Uh, Roma, Roma have been going real well. They recruited really well. Mourinho picked up players 
typical like signings that we think are probably their their careers are done, but you go to Syria and it's like they just their experience kind of it's just that weird Italian stuff where players' experience seems to mean so much in that well, league. I mean, in this game itself, you saw Jacko and Giroud both score, you know, yeah. really well timed finishes. And they both look like very capable players in this league. Yeah. Um yeah, but Roma yeah, Roma brought in like Matic and um Dybala. Yeah, Dybala. Um they've looked excellent, but they they lost four nil to Udinese on the weekend. So, you know, it's a wide open league. It's really exciting to watch. But yeah, just wanted to ram it in. If if people haven't seen it, go watch the highlights on YouTube. Just search Serie A on YouTube and the highlights come up in those packages, just like the Premier League ones and stuff like that. It's great. Thank just you. before we wrap up, wanted to ask you quickly about uh, Tenali and uh, is it Leal? Rafael. Leal? Yeah. yeah. 23 and 22 years old. They look close to complete players, don't you think? And complement each other so well. Yeah. Rafael was... Uh, maybe not last season, the year before, very hit and miss, still very raw. Last year, you could see him grow as the season went on, developed into kind of one of the more important leaders up there, especially I with the, he... amount of, the amount of football that Rebic misses. And now he looks... Yeah, true. Yeah, he looks very complete. He I, think was... he, I think he won the MVP for Milan last season. I think he did too. Mm. Yeah, that, it sounds right. It would be fair too. I think the, the amount of... Uh, sorry, that... That second goal he scored, oh, gorgeous! Where he the way with the ease with which he whizzes past the defenders on the edge of the box In and two then cuts steps. it back onto his right and hammers it bottom mm. corner. It was just so, um, I guess, elegant, like gracious. It was it just was. so good to watch. He yeah. was gliding across the surface. There was a lot of people like giving shit for the three inter defenders, but you can't match that kind of acceleration burst that he had over those two steps. No, if you burst with that kind of speed off two yards, you know, what can you do? No, nah, um, you're done. As for Tonali, yeah, I've spoken about him on here plenty before, I think, but yeah, he's just like that. He's the the hybrid um, Gattuso, Andrea Paolo, love child. He's a bit of both. Yep, and he's, he's great, excellent. isn't he? Yeah, he looks awesome. He's got the cunt and the flair Whoa. and also the grace. I had to slip one in there at the end. Did you? Yep. Right at the end. If you're still here, that that, that one's for our late night listeners. Wow. It's good. It's good C word. It's good C. (laughs) We're not going to say it now because you're so... (laughs) It's probably a really good spot to wrap it up. You're so visibly appalled. Yeah. We got through a whole, nearly probably an hour of recording just about. And then you've dropped that in right at the end. If there's any listeners still with us, I apologize. Wowee. I just had to get the little explicit symbol next to the pod for the uh, yeah. for the upload. Sure. Which you wouldn't know a thing about because I do all that. We'll demonetize it in its own sense. Demonetize it. <laughs> yeah, we won't make any millions this week. It's a shame. We won't be able to book that booth at Red Square. Uh, I ruined it. All right. all right, go back, listen to our Champions League pod if you want. Uh, or mm. don't. Do what you like. Don't let me tell no, you. No, no, no. Tell them to listen to it. Nah, don't let me. Don't let me tell you what to do. Don't let him tell you what to do either. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to me. He just posts erratic stuff on Twitter. That's you know that's his thing. I've been cleaning up my Twitter game. Thank you. Yeah, it was heavy salt Saturday night. Well, I wasn't tweeting it. That was just me messaging you. <laughs> well, it's like a journal. I need. We'll post. One one week we'll post my ramblings during a Leeds game, I think. We won't do it. <laughs> it's, it's an extreme. insight to a fractured mind. 
All right, we're leaving it there, wrapping it up. See you next yep. week. Do it. See ya. Best league in the world, TM. <laughs>